everybody if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more you can make money on your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome you guys back to the Extra Duty Podcast. And guess what? Right, I'm here alone because my co-host, one of my co-hosts, actually both my co-hosts, said "fuck me" multiple times because they're stuck at work. But I get it; um, that's not their fault. And I have to be less angry because my therapist said that, "Hey, take a break, chill out, don't yell at your guys as much." <sighs> but fuck those kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you guys wondering what today's episode about? And I'm gonna tell you. Um, this is actually a dream of mine. It's a very good dream of mine. Um, like I said, eventually they're gonna be like, "Yo, this guy's dope." We should definitely pay him. He should come on our show. He should definitely be a part of this. Um, and it's a combat veteran. And I'm here with my man's Justin. Justin, how are you doing today? And thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, Josh. I'm pretty not bad, as uh, I like to say. A lot. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Um, just uh, living out here in LA, ready to do some things. I, honestly, the fact that you said LA, I feel your. How do you feel about LA? You tell me about how you feel about LA because you're. An, uh, were you an infantry guy? I, yeah, I was a population control specialist. Okay, what I call it. That's what I tell <laughs> civilians, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, so you handed out condoms?" I'm like, "Yeah, in bullet form." Oh, so, that's fucking beautiful. Like, I still don't get it, and I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Uh, it's fine." Yeah, uh, LA like LA's not bad, but it's it, I don't know. I'm from Buffalo, New York, so like us East Coasters, we we get. We know how to get shit done. We know how to work hard. Yeah. Um. And in LA, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that." But we'll get around to it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get around to it. It's real lax, real uh, chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's some uh, there's some good nature stuff out here. A lot of hikes. Air quality is not great. Uh, one of my buddies is all about like freaking checking the air quality. If he's gonna take a hike and if it's bad, he won't go. I don't check it. I go and then I'm like, why am I? I can't breathe. Um, so you make the decision afterwards of this is stupid. Yeah, maybe I should have checked the air quality. Yeah, I good, don't know. good job, um, sir. You're real LT yeah. right there, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I wish there were more rivers here. I was, uh, when I was stationed at Fort Drum, I, I became a whitewater rafting guide for ARO. And that was like the my my favorite thing to do. Like I was a weekend raft guide and it was like the best job you could have. Um, I really miss the river. Uh, I guess I, I mean, I got the ocean out here, so I should probably learn how to like surf and stuff but i just haven't gotten around to that yet and i've been out here since 2014 which is holy shit a long time are yeah. you a vegan no 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 um okay. i was dating this girl that's a vegan and it's just like i mean why 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 just you can you can eat eggs eggs aren't living they came from a living thing i get the whole like but it's like there's so many eggs <laughs> just eat the eggs at least i don't know it's weird i i feel i feel that i mean i mean i don't because if i if i my my wife will fuck me up if I said something like that. So I'm gonna be quiet with the you know. Um. Mm-hmm. So so you guys you guys have created this amazing content. Did it start with just Drew or were you involved as well? 
No, it was just Drew uh, for like five years. He started it, I think, in 2015. Yeah. Um, and he he started it when he was contracting. Uh, I think he was just he just made a random video that he wanted to make his friends laugh and stuff, and they, uh, um, and then it went viral while he was contracting overseas, and someone was like, "Oh, you're that guy." Um, and then I came on board uh, in 2019, end of 2019. I saw him on Hollywood Boulevard, and I was like, "Oh, you're that guy." Uh, it was kind of funny because, like, I was never like a hardcore fan of Drew's. I, I seen some of his stuff here and there, and I was like, "Oh, the guy's funny. That's cool." But like seeing him in person, it was just, like there's some kind of like magnetic. I was like, "Oh shit, man! That that guy's probably cool as fuck." Um, I couldn't remember his name, even though he says it a lot in in his videos. And I was like, "Oh, uh, 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 a combat veteran," <laughs> which is funny because like uh, he's he said like he usually doesn't talk to people that that don't know his name if, if he's approached that way they'll just be like no like people say i look like him but but that's not me so we got to talking um i was like dude because i thought he lived in texas or whatever uh we got to talking i was like what are you doing out here he's like oh, I'm, I'm filming for a sketch i'm, I'm uh shooting tomorrow he's like what about you and i was like i'm actually shopping for uh yeah so he was shopping for a sketch now i was shopping for a short film that i was producing um and acting in and, and co-wrote uh that I was shooting at the american legion we started talking about filmmaking. He asked, uh, he asked what I was doing the next day. And I was like, oh, I'm actually booked on Tenet, uh, the Christopher Nolan film. I, I did background work on Tenet. We were supposed to do training, but then training got rescheduled. So I, I shot him a text. I was like, hey, dude, I'm available if you need me. I can, uh, I can bring lights if you want. And he was like, no, nah, dude, it's just me and a DP. And then uh, he was like, bring, bring scrubs if you have them and, and a suit. So I, I had both those things being an actor out here in Hollywood. Of course, everybody has their scrubs. Everyone has to be a nurse at some point. Um, I went with the lights and the DP was at one point was like, man, it'd be really nice if we had lights. And I was like, I got lights. I got lights. <laughs> I brought them. And then at that point, I guess Drew said, Drew's told other people like uh, he, the, the work ethic that, that I brought to the table was like what, what, wanted him to bring me on so we eventually did more sketches together um i got him involved in on tenant too so we were we were bussed out to um the palm desert in california put up in a hotel and me being from the military from the army i'm thinking like oh like we're gonna have to be buddy buddy in a room and shit everyone got like this is a sag project everybody got their own rooms um i had two beds myself it was cool but we were out there for three weeks and on weekends we had weekends off, but they were paying us like a retainer to stay in the area and not do anything, go anywhere. Um, cause they needed the people. And on those days, uh, we were, we would talk and at one point Drew was like, let's, I want to do a short horror film. Um, and I was like, all right, cool, let's, let's do it. So he already had a premise in mind, um, regarding like the Yoruba faith and Santeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we touched upon like, uh, what, what would it be like if uh, so the character i play i'm like actually kind of the antagonist of the film it's called orisha it's up on amazon prime as well as uh our app we have an app now yeah yeah so we'll yeah. we'll get to that in a bit but um uh, my, my character I, i'm like the ignorant like uh ignorant white guy In, of the gringo the gringo Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, I get into an altercation with with a, uh, somebody who practices Santeria. Uh, I accidentally ripped his beads off, and the the god that he worships is his name is Shango. He's like the the warrior god. There's seven different gods of, of this of this uh, faith, and the warrior god doesn't like that I, I ripped his beads off, so he possesses me, and, and I go through like a stigmata, um, and eventually kill myself at the end. 
um, or like the the entity makes me kill myself. But it's there's was, like some. Was it a rooted, good film? Uh, it's got like a nine point. It's over a nine point something rating on IMDb. So we've got a, a lot of good reviews from it. We won a bunch of awards. It went through the film festival run of 2020, which was cool that it won awards, but also a little a little disheartening because that's you know it was uh covid so like we didn't get the whole like the networking experience that that someone a filmmaker an award-winning filmmaker would get yeah but we've done we've done films since then um that are all up in the app too that are like more serious uh serious based films as well as you know the 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 comedies we have a um uh a comedy short western coming out in december that we're releasing that was very fun to make and it's like we, we're playing bounty hunters and like the it's a period piece and it's fucking great. But, on, uh, so I'm, I'm excited sorry. for that. This 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 is this. So I, I'm. Since, I, I'm no switch the camera. What are you, what are you doing? You just <laughs> your job is oh. to swap the camera. No, I'm sorry. Um, no, not not you. Her. Come on, Red. Um, no, no. I I I love what you guys are doing, but I mean, holy fuck, you guys were so you were you were bullet you were bullet sponge. Was Drew a bullet sponge as well? Uh no, Drew was an MP. Okay, uh, a so mixed, mixed potato. He was a girl. Got it. Um, <laughs> so so we we got both of you guys right, and you guys were in the army. You guys were doing your shit. You guys have deployed. You guys have gone, went through fucking trash, and you 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 became a fucking actor. What happened? Where was it? Where what happened? Well, I mean, I w- I went through a lot of stuff in the military, man. My my story is fucking a little bit crazy. Well, let's um, talk about that. Let's let's get into the shit you went okay. through. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because uh, so, this is so, interesting. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. Have you Googled me? Did you Google me before asking so, for me to come on the show? Check it. I never Google anyone, so I'm surprised. And my my I have authentic. The only thing I've seen is you in 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 um in a speedo. So that is here. If, okay. Okay. Sweet. But other than that. You're good. Sweet. Nice. Um, yeah, no. So I served 2003 to 2012. I did four deployments total. I did two with the 101st with the Rakasans. I served under Colonel Steele, the same Mike, the same Michael Captain Steele from Black Hawk Down. Um, and, and then my other two deployments was at Fort Drum, New York. So my second deployment was my worst deployment ever. Like we were on a three day rotation between three, three platoons. Um, and it was like, you're doing three days of, uh, either missions three, and then you rotate to three days of combat outposts, um, securing MSR Tampa. And then you're doing three days of patrolling up and down MSR Tampa. And if a mission got canceled, that was your day off. And that happened few and far, far between. Um, but, so we, we'd been in so many firefights um, and I reacted a bunch of people getting blown the fuck up. Not fun shit. Uh, we were fortunate in my company. Nobody, nobody lost their life. One guy like lost a finger going up on, on the guard tower and like the, the, the freaking door slammed on the sand, which I mean, good for him. I don't know <laughs> if that was on purpose or not, but I'm fucked this shit. I'm going home. Um, but uh, my second deployment, um, I went through, uh, I, I got court-martialed. I actually, um, three got like, uh, we, we got, Wait, we got a mission. Why? <laughs> yeah. So we had, I was charged with murder, attempted murder, conspiracy to commit murder and falsifying documents, which they dropped the falsifying documents thing. Cause I, I'm, I'm not, um, I know how to, well, thank God they stuff. dropped that one. The, the yeah. fun dog. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, uh, yeah. Uh, second deployment, we were, we got a mission. 
Um, it was Operation Iron Triangle. Uh, you could read up about this uh, throughout the internet and stuff like that. Um, the rules of engagement were were switched for this specific uh, mission to eliminate all military males upon a series of objectives. And it was a brigade-wide mission. Everybody was hitting different objectives everywhere. My, my company, my platoon, my squad, we were hitting um, a series of objectives on the Tartar Canal. So there were islands. So we had to get choppered in. And this was one of the first joint missions that we were doing with the Iraqi army. And as everyone knows, because they've seen the YouTube videos, the Iraqi army, they, couldn't even, they can't even do side straddle hops. They can't do jumping jacks. It's fucking trash. Um, right. But early in the morning, it's like 2 a.m. We're, we're taking their cell phones because we don't trust their army too. There's so much corruption in their army and we're going to hit this, you know, the Al Qaeda training camp. We don't want them to get tipped, tipped off. So we're taking their cell phones and we tell them some other reason why we, we have to take their cell phones. It'll interfere with the, with the helicopter rotator or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, we get to the first objective, the choppers touchdown. It's still nighttime. We're running around. And it's a, it's a dry hole. Like it, somebody got tipped off. Maybe they got a text or something. And it looked like they took whatever they could out of off this island, got on a boat, and like and like took took off. Um, I almost shot one of the Iraqi army guys because they were untrained. And I'm pieing a corner around around the building at one point, and I see like his. Uh, if I didn't see this guy's freaking elbow pad, I would have shot it. But because I saw the elbow pad, I was like, oh, Iraqi army guy. Dude, what the fuck? How did you even get over here? Like, honestly, I don't, I don't think he even flew in with us. He was just there. Hold um, the fuck up! Uh, <laughs> wait, I'm like, I'm going back now. I'm like, wait a second. We had accountability. Um, he was not even there. He would what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how he got to where he was. This is not island and shit. So it's weird. Um, so at this point, we told the Iraqi army to go fuck themselves. We're going to con- continue this mission by ourselves or they were doing, we put them somewhere else. I don't know. Sit on this bus for a while. Um, <laughs> second objective, everyone gets off the, off the bird and there's this old guy standing in the window with an AK. Everybody lights this guy up and he, he goes down we have to run around the building and start entering, entering, clearing the house house. According to the rules of engagement or the military intelligence, there's, they said there was going to be no women and children on this, um, on, on this mission whatsoever. It was fucking, if you see any body, just fucking eliminate them. Squeeze, squeeze the trigger and fucking make them die. Um, we, we start entering and clearing the house, and there was three guys cowering behind two females, which is also a known Al-Qaeda technique because they know how compassionate our army is. We're not going to shoot up females for no reason. Um, but at that point, like we're like, well, we're not going to shoot these people up. We need to detain them, separate them, segregate them. And ask them questions because we had we had interpreters with us. Um, we start doing that. The interpreter saying that these guys are saying that they're farmers. They're just May time frame. So if they were farmers, they would have some agriculture. And after doing a thorough search of their house, they wouldn't have had AK parts, ammo, and weapon and bomb making materials. So we're like, yeah, you guys are bad. But at this point, they're non-combatives. They're detained. We have to do what we have to do to to make sure that they're taken care of. Yeah. Um, we drag the guy who was standing in the window cause he's like dead at that point. We drag him out. Me, uh, the medic and another kid ha- stayed back to body bag him as everyone goes to hit another house that is 300 meters North of this house. And a guy walks out with a baby. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. And then he's got like 15 women and children living in just that house. 
So, and then they searched his house. They found one AK and one, one handgun. They're allowed that for, per their law. But the, we're like, we're going to have to detain this guy too. Cause your neighbors are fucking, you know, yeah. your neighbors don't have nice things in their, in their house. So we have to detain you cause we are going to have to ask you questions. So we detain him too. Um, squad leader calls it up. I'm a 20 year old specialist at this point. Squad leader calls it up and he's like, uh, the, I don't know. He's like, we have detainees and blah, 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 blah. But at that point, like, um, the, the relay on the other end was like, why the fuck do we have detainees? People are supposed to be dead. What the hell? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that person didn't know like the situation of people, you know, of women and children. Obviously that wasn't relayed over the, over the net. But so at this point, like, um, three guys in my, in my squad at that point, we're all, fucking talking and joking and they're like we're gonna kill these guys we're gonna fucking cut their zip ties tell them to run away and shoot them in the back and this is how infantry guys talk so i'm not i'm not taking any of this into consideration i'm not taking it like fucking seriously we talk like that we're like oh fucking kill 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 blah 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 yeah so at that point um also that at that point it was like 2005 the war was getting extremely political we had to take pictures of everything um, to make sure like people we were going to hand these guys off to the Iraqi government so they can get tried and, and go through what they're going to go through. And I go back to the landing zone and we have like weapon squad with us over there and they're setting up a perimeter and security waiting for uh, setting up the landing zone, waiting for the choppers and I'm packing up gear, getting ready to go. And at that point they walked over the guy from the second house. And at that point I, I'm thinking, Oh, they're going to walk everybody over one by one. This is like command and control. This is what, what we do. And then dude sit da- sits down, shots ring off. I can't see anything because the house is obstructing my view. But obviously, like I know, I know what the fuck, what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I'm like this is stupid. But I get up and like I react. I run, I run to the front of the house. The three det- detainees are now dead and dying on the ground. These guys really like shot them up, and then they punched and cut each other to make this story seem more legitimate. Holy um, fucking shit! And it's like it, it's a weird, it's it's a fucked up thing, right? It's like yeah, what they did was wrong, but at the same time, you like you know you've been deployed, and like all I could think was like, yeah, these guys are fucking dumb. But at the same time, it's like we'd been over there eight months, we'd seen so much fucked up shit. We've been in firefights, our lives are on the line. People like war. Yeah, we have Geneva Convention conventions that's supposed to separate us from them, but when you see shit that that you know the enemy doesn't have anything that that separates, you know. They don't follow like a, a they don't follow the rules rule. of engagement. Yeah, they don't, follow they don't have that. Of, yeah. They don't have that. We do because so it's we're like, civilized. You can, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. But being over at, at war, it's like war is hell and it fucks with your mind and it, you can see why people do what they do sometimes, you know. It's like um one of my one of my buddies got blown up uh and he had like a third degree concussion. He, they say, sent him to Balad for a while. And then he came back and like, this is the battle buddy I went to fucking base training with. And he's like, yo dude, like I, like he couldn't walk a straight line. He like tricked the doctors into being back because he didn't want to be out of the fight. And it's like, dude, like you're, I, I get where you're coming from. And that's like the whole military and, and especially the infantry mentality. Like don't go to sick call. Don't fucking just keep pushing. Fuck it. Yeah, you're you're just good. Keep pushing. And, it, and I'm, all I can think, all I'm thinking of is like, dude, you're going to fucking get some, one of us killed because you, you're going to be fucking not walking a straight line or fucking, you can't fucking shoot straight. What the fuck? But he, he eventually got better. And then we had a mission to go find the guy that was um, supposedly responsible for that IED specifically. 
and we got there and it was a dry hole and we we caught one guy that we were going to use as a um we were going to we we're going to question him he was like a neighbor or whatever but even over there like we would bag them like put the like put the bag over the head to make the make it look like they were a terrorist in case terrorists were watching so that these people's family so that this guy was going to be an informant for us but we're making sure like if we're being watched that he that you guys would be, he'd be secure band. yeah 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 but word didn't get back to <laughs> back to my buddy he sees this happening and we're putting this guy on the back of the tv he gets back there's butt stroking this guy and it's like that, that that's the shit that happened and like we had to like pull him off and and then like later on um just communication go- was all fucked up right well yeah yeah but, I mean, but I mean, it was but- it, it was it was interesting because later on when when we went back to when we got back to the fob and we went to go apologize to this guy he was like no thank you like you made it look more real so like i could feel like my family will be safe like this guy's like bleeding out of his nose he's got a broken nose but he's like it's okay i understand yeah like because we like you know let him know like he didn't know he thought you were the guy and he was like i it's fine it was it's beneficial cool. it is part one, i mean yeah to fucking one save broken nose yeah one broken nose to save my family like i'll tell you guys whatever you want it's like okay okay so, yeah <laughs> yeah punch me again <laughs> fucking like, hit me harder <laughs> i like the pain um but uh so yeah i, I run up on them aftermath these dead and dying guys i called for the medic uh the medic didn't know anything any of this was going to happen one guy didn't have a head anymore the other guy was puking up bl- blood profusely by the time the medic came to came to where we were that guy had, had expired and the other guy is like taking a breath every like 10 seconds and like terrorists are not like at this point, I'm looking at these guys like they're in a situation they shouldn't be in. Like they're they're human in my eyes, you know. It's it's, it's fucked up. But the medics like, yeah, I can't help him. I can't help him. He's gonna die anyway. And mind you, we're on a we're on a fucking island. We would have to wait for helicopters and shit. And he goes to aid the other two guys because they like punch, you know, like I said, punch and cut each other. And he thought that was like a legitimate thing that happened. Um, but so I'm standing there, and my squad leader standing there, and he. After the medic's like, can't help this guy, he's going to die anyway. Squadler's like, yeah, put him out of his misery. And then he walks away, and I'm just left there. But I, And I didn't take it, and I've said this um, numerous times, like, I didn't take that as an order, you know? Like, yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, you're, well, you, you're just doing what you're, you're told. Just following like, orders. No, that's not, that's not what it was. And it's like, yeah, like, maybe to some extent, but at the same time, like, I didn't have to, right? But yeah. I didn't have to shoot the guy, but I felt like it was the right thing to do. I, like, my options in my head. It's like, I'm not thinking about any legal issues or anything like no. this at this point. I'm overseas at war. And I'm like, I'm thinking about all of the, all everything that's like just happened guys in a position you shouldn't be in. Um, he's, he's fucking going to die. Medic can't help him. Do I watch him suffer to death or do I help, help him out? You know? So I pulled my weapon up, shot and missed because I didn't, you know, I tried not to look, you know, yeah. Which, and then I was like, wait, did I get him? And then he took a breath and it scared me. I was like, fuck, I gotta watch. All right, shit. Um, and then, yeah, and then I shot the guy and, and put him out of his misery. Um, and then, you know how, like, you see in the movies where people, like, close dead people's eyes or yeah. whatever? Doesn't work in real life. Tried it, like, eight times. He's just like, like, oh, stop looking at me! So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I get up and, and left, but, um, yeah, then there's obviously a huge CID investigation that blew out. Uh, originally, I was like, um, I don't know, like, uh, I was just like, hey, this is what they said what happened. I didn't see what happened, so this is probably what happened. Yeah, and that, that's what my you know document was said or whatever. And I worded it in a way that 
was good enough where they dropped that charge. But, uh, but, um, yeah, eventually like, uh, one of the guys that this is what happened. One of the guys that, that did the thing, yes. right. That unjustly shot somebody in the back Yeah, was like part of the cover story was he got, he got knocked out and punched and blacked out for a second. Yeah. So naturally in a infantry platoon, everyone started like, like bugging this kid about like, Oh, you got knocked out by a Haji and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he didn't like that. So he was like, no, this is what really happened. And then those people were like, wait, what? So what really happened? He was like, yeah, we're badasses, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, maybe. All right. So those people were like, no, like, <sighs> this is bad. This is wrong. We're going to like go tell CID what this kid said. Oh my God. Man. And it's like, <laughs> And yeah, it's like uh, it and, is what and, it is. And just so you guys know, I'm not I'm not here saying that what he did was right or wrong. I'm just saying just the cockiness and the and just the like the fucking ego of the military, yeah. no matter what, yeah. it's fucking bad. Like that's fucking stupid. I don't know. Yeah, man. it's like I don't know. He was one of the he was honestly like not a good soldier. Um a lot of people like didn't like him. He was bounced around between different squads because he was just a troublemaker. He's one of those kids that joined the army because he played too much Call of Duty. Got it. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, the other guy, fucking, he's a good dude. I'm still friends with him today. Uh, he just like, you know, he he had strong feelings about fucking terrorist motherfuckers, and you know that that's why he did what he did. And so it's like, let, let me let now. So when you come, when people come on my show, I dig in as much as deep as I can, right? Um, so. What's going on with you? So obviously you've been out for a few years now. Um, yeah, yeah. How? What, what's going on with your mentality? How do you? Because obviously you told the story very quick, uh, very easily, no problem, right? Yeah, no. When, when I go to counseling and like talk about this shit, I like break down in tears and, and stuff. And like honestly, like I went through a lot of other shit in the military that I have more PTSD from than this. Um, but I don't want to get into, into that today. Okay. So kind of working, like working through some of that shit. But like the, at the end of end of this. Um, the other, the other guys in, and the squad leader were, were put into pretrial confinement. I wasn't. Yeah. And it was because of the mitigating cir- circumstances surrounding what I did and why I did what I did with the whole, like putting somebody out of his misery. Yes. So instead I was moved from Charlie company to HHC, which helped in my, uh, in my sentencing phase because everybody from Charlie company who knew me as a good soldier and a good dude came and spoke, spoke on my behalf and everybody who knew like all these new people that were like, iffy about me in the beginning but then eventually got to see like my work ethic and like how i take initiative and i get shit done um eventually put like uh soldiers under me and like i was in charge of soldiers as a specialist uh before i got my rank taken away uh they came and spoke on my behalf as well and i wasn't given a a discharge at my court martial i was only sentenced to like they reduced it to aggravated assault with a dangerous weapon uh, and i was sent to uh I was sent to Fort Knox for nine months and reduced in rank from E4 to E1. And then was, but I wasn't kicked out. So everybody thought that I was going to go back to HHC when I was done serving my time in, in jail and in prison in the hard Knox life. Yeah. But apparently there was some regulation written somewhere that if you get sentenced to four months or more uh, confinement, military confinement, automatic discharge. Um, if you have six years or more time in service, you could, take it to a board proceeding and, and let them decide but that wasn't me so my my situation was go to this special processing company on fort knox and plea my case if i want to try to stay in so i get there and this this guy mate this major pitcher guy 
was like not uh, ha- not having it. He was like, "Listen, I don't retain people. I'm g- I'm going to kick you out." So start making plans to get the hell out of the military. And I was like, "Wait, no, this is like double jeopardy." He's like, "No, we're kicking you out because you went to jail, not for your crimes." And that's our way around double jeopardy. And I was like, "What? Well, fuck. <laughs> that's, that's stupid." Oh fuck! Um, and he was like, "Well, you can get." Uh, I was like, "My unit wants me back." He was like, "If you could get the sergeant major to write me a letter, then." Then I'll, I'll send you back to your unit. And it was Sergeant Major Camacho. I sent him an email. I was like, I know you don't really know me. Like, we, you know, we're not buddies or anything like that. If you ask people in Charlie Company and HHC, like what, what my character is like, I, I would like to come back to the Rakasans. Um, and, and you guys are about to deploy. So you need me. You need this guy. You fucking need me, dog. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but he like... Uh, I think he he like went and talked to people and he emailed this major back and he was like, yeah, like I think it'd be better if he just had a fresh start, send him to a different unit anywhere in the army. And the, the dude was like, nope, that wasn't a deal. I'm kicking you out just so you know. And it was like, it was just a long uphill battle with this guy. But what changed his mind was one of the prosecutors in my case um, emailed this guy, found out what I was going through and was like, listen, it's not hard to say, it's not hard to find at least one person to, to say that the guy I'm prosecuting is a shit bag but it wasn't this guy's case. I had no, nobody say anything bad about him. They all had good things to say about him. He's a good, good soldier, just kind of caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, thinks he got more to give the military. So if it were up to me, I would keep him in at that point. He's like, listen, the guy that puts you in jail, wrote you a letter of recommendation to stay in the military. <laughs> I can't really put you out. Uh, but you have six at that point. I had six months to make up to the military. He was like, I can't send you anywhere in Fort Knox. So, because there's no infantry units here, so you'll get out February. It would have been 2008 with an honorable discharge for my four four years yeah. initial thing. And I was like, "No, sir, I would like to re-enlist." And the first sergeant, he was an MP first sergeant. He's like, <laughs> he was like, "Hold on, man, what? You want to what? Like, <laughs> you want to do what?" And I was like, I, w- "I would like to re-enlist." And he was like, "Listen, okay, I've had to keep my mouth shut this whole time. It's my job to support the commander. We were going to kick you out, but you know, now that we're retaining you." You wanna, you wanna reenlist? I was like, he's like, walk me through that. Walk, hold on a second. Walk I was like, me well, through I this shit, man. <laughs> yeah. He was this like, is, this is masochism with extra steps. Yeah, he was like, I don't understand what the. He's like, you you understand the military screwed you over, right? Because more of your leadership should have gotten in trouble, not you. You were kind of used as a scapegoat. And I was like, well, I mean, I did do something wrong, and I did go to jail for it, so. I mean, it, wrong in the eyes of freaking the Geneva Conventions. If I was put in that situation again, I'd probably do the same thing. I just would wouldn't tell anybody because I ended, yeah. ended up telling on, on myself. Because um, when I was brought in back into CID, they were like, "We know this, 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 this. This was said. You were here. They were, they were there." And I was like, "Do they know about what I?" And I was like, "Maybe I should tell them because it'll be good if it comes from me." I didn't watch enough enough NCIS growing up. Come I don't on, know. You I should have been like, you lawyer, don't talk to CID. please. You don't talk to CID. I yeah, I was. I, <laughs> I should have been like lawyer up. Let's do it. Um, actually, my the lawyers that represented me ended up calling me like after the fifth time I went into CID, and they were like, "Stop talking to CID. They're not your friends. <laughs> They're not okay? your fucking friends. They're not your pals. They're trying to screw you over." Okay, and I was like, "I don't know what's going. On. I'm 20. I'm 20." Yeah. They're like, "Have you ever seen NCIS?" I was like, "What is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's a Navy show. Of course not. Why would I watch a Navy show?" Um. Yeah, but uh, shit. Where was where was I in the story? Um. Oh, so yeah. So like the first sergeant's like, "What you want to re up?" And I was like, "Well, I came in the army as an E three. I don't want to get out with an E one as an E one with an honorable discharge. Like, how's that going to look 
on a resume like so i see you went uh you were the manager of this store and then you uh you demoted yourself to janitor okay isn't that the same yeah, thing as an infantryman like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> um so he was like okay well fine well if you want to stay in the army i'll let you stay in the army that's fine so he got me like a he illegally promoted me twice and he was like if the army finds out like all most they can do is take a half month's paycheck they never found out so he backdated my e2 rank to the day i got out of the military and then um gave me my e3 back and then talked me into staying there like a couple months longer because i i re-enlisted in needs of the army everyone was like yeah you're probably going to korea but i got fort drum which wasn't bad like a lot of people hate fort drum but like like i said i found cool things to do there i became a whitewater raft guide and stuff like that yeah um but i was like i want to report early and he was like listen i get it you're an infantry guy you're gung-ho you want to go back to your unit you want to go get back on the line and get out there and go go deploy overseas and do good things he's like what do you do here can you walk me through your day i was like I wake up, I do PT on my own because you guys don't do organized PT. So this like whole company is like, yeah, it's just people who have been caught going AWOL. They're on lockdown or who are going through the process of getting out like I was like through jail or whatever. Um, he was like, what? So what do you do? I'm like, I wake up, I do PT on my own. Um, and then I work, I work with you guys from like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then I'm off the rest of the day. Um, and I was going to like the, I would go to the the library and do correspondence courses and try to make sure I was getting my, my points because um, just to make sure like I, I had points, even though like actually when I made points, I think they were at 798 for whatever reason that month, but because I did that stuff he, and he was like, yeah, exactly. You're not going to get a sham job like this again, dude. If I were you, trust me, just stay here until your actual report day, sham it up, enjoy life. You know, it's like a vacation. You're only working two hours a day. Um, and then freaking, he was like, I'll try to get you your specialist rank and send you to WLC before you go, uh, which he, he couldn't at that point because yeah. he pulled too many strings. But but I, I did it. I stayed there for a little bit longer and didn't do anything but correspondence courses and hang out. That's what's it was, it was yeah, it was it was cool. It was fun. It was it was good. It was a good uh good advice from him, I think, too, because he was like, you know, he was because he was right. Like, I didn't get a sham job like that ever again in the military. Um, I just deployed two more times. <laughs> so how when, when, how long were you in after that? How long? How much um, longer? So like, I so I yeah, because when he brought he brought me in his office and was like, "Are you sure you want to like? I can't get you a choice. It's duty station. Your rank's too low. I can't I can't do shit for you. You can't get a bonus. Nothing." And I was like. All right, here's my plan. I'll do. I reenlisted two years in needs in the army, and they got Fort Drum. Yeah, and I, I was like, I'll reenlist if I want to reenlist later on. So what ended up happening was I, I got, I did two more years. I extended a year for, uh, for rank. Yeah, because, because like at that point, the from the day I got out of the mil- out, out of prison, <laughs> to, to two years and two months later, I was a staff sergeant. So I went from E1 to E6 in two years and two months because I had all of the time in service already. I just had to meet time and grade requirements. You, you're, you giving only- me, you're giving me hope again. You know that? <laughs> you know yeah. that? Because like after I got dropped, the fact that I made the list this month, I was like super excited. Like I'm uh-huh. finally getting promoted again after getting fucking demoted. But like mm. you're telling me I can get my staff sergeants quick too? Yeah, yeah dude. Like my whole... 
my summary of my military career is E3, E4, E3, E4, E1, E2, E3, E4, E5, E6. Jesus and then, Christ. And then, and then he won again, but whatever. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You don't get to skim. And no. That's the, that's the stuff that. we're not. We're not getting into. Oh, all right. All right. So here's what you got to promise me. You got to come on the show again and we got to talk about that when you're okay. ready. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I th- I'm making I'm making a short. I'm writing a short uh, like series about it. Um, and that that's that's where when I want it to like kind of air out. OK. All right. And just so I get the first interview about that after that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm. I'm. Look. I'm writing it down on my imaginary board here. Right. Please, write wait. that shit down. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. But uh. Yeah. So like, maybe six and two. Like, going. I went to my E six board. All of the same board members were from my E five board, and they're like, "Wait, what? Weren't you just here? Like, <laughs> no. You this. You haven't been in E five long enough. Which is a, a fun a fun story too of how I of how I even went to the E6 board because I had just, uh, they just moved me. So I was on a PSD team for the battalion division level thing. I don't even know how to describe as division special troops battalion at Fort drum. I got pulled into like a pogue unit when I went to, when I reported to drum, but it sounded cool. Right. They're like, yeah, we're going to put you in the DSTB, the division special troops battalion. I was like special forces. Oh, sweet. Okay. (laughs) Why not? Um, but I had just, we had just got done from my, my third deployment, um, which felt like a, felt like a, a vacation, to be honest with you. I was at Camp Victory and was just learning how to salsa dance and hearing people complain that their internet in the room is too slow. And I was like, you guys have internet? <laughs> you, you, you don't know what a deployment is. There's no more strawberries with the defect. This is terrible. You, you know how to yes. salsa dance? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, so I, I make everyone on my show do something, right? Or my last oh, guest shit. just sang another one rapped. Um, uh-huh. I need to see the salsa dance, homie. I mean, I. Hold on. Okay. You know what? Hold on. I got you. Wait, before you start, right? So, what we always. <laughs> look, I got you, right? Because this wonderful system that I have here that was donated by a very, very um, loving person, um, mm-hmm. they donated this amazing system to us so that we can do shit like this, right? So I'm going to go here, right? And I'm going to go to Spotify because Spotify is live, not sponsored. Um, right. But we're going to... So you know how salsa... I mean, yeah. What am I supposed to do? Just stand up and salsa? Sa- stand up and salsa. All right, are you ready? <coughs> I don't know. Oh, shoot. Hold up. I think I should... Come on. Give it to me. And the hand movements. I love it. I love it. So, do you dance with Drew? No, he. I haven't been out with Drew. Drew doesn't like to go out. He's like a. He's a hard worker. He's a bit of a of a recluse. Work a lot. He's like addicted to working. Oh, that's good though. I mean, at least yeah. that means he's he's on point with shit. I mean, I'm so happy that you did. You, you're, by the way, you're a very good dancer. You you got the, thank you. You got the Thanks. footwork. You got the. It arms. took me a long time. It's it, weird. The the one that was the hardest to learn was merengue for me, Merengue's which is like easy. everyone's everyone's like, dude, it's just marching in place. That, that's that was, I could not get it down <laughs> for some reason. I couldn't get it down for the life of me. That was the last one that I got down, and then people were like, 
yeah, you're good. And I was yeah, like, thanks. You get a Spanish card. That's right. You can now you can say platano and not be offensive. I got you. All right, yeah, sweet. I got you, bro. Is that is that like saying the N word? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so you you are now a platano. A platano is a plantain, and we say platano because it, you know it's like the main fruit for for everybody. Yeah. So <laughs> in America, we call them bananas. Uh, Sorry, no, I'm know. kidding. It's, that's a that's a line from uh, it's a line from cr- the the new Karate Kid show. What's it, Cobra Kai? Oh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe this is a this is a serious question? Who's the bad mm-hmm. guy in the Karate Kid? Oh, uh, the bad guy in the Karate Kid yeah. is 100 percent um the the dude that runs the the dojo. No, it's Danny. He is one. No, it's, he, he's no, the it's, bad guy. Danny's the bad guy. It's uh, it's what's his name? The sensei. No, it's it's it's, yeah. it's Danny. You want to know why? Let me explain this to you, right? So Danny's a dick, right? He he comes up wanting to fight I've, this fucking dude. That I've seen. Try, try to talk to his girlfriend. Piece of I've shit. Seen the YouTube breakdown you're, of that. You're 100%, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing, right? I 100% believe this because when I was a kid, I even said it myself. I was like, that kid's an asshole. Danny is an asshole. Yeah, steals his girl. Steals his girl, then wins the fucking tournament after like six Mm -hmm. weeks of training. That's like, imagine you, right? A fucking full-on staff sergeant went and did your shit, fucking failing a a, a board or or just just getting... Fuck that. No, fuck that kid. He sucked. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I I get really passionate about um, the Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's good. My bad. It's... Actually, Mr. Miyagi is is the enemy. He's the bad guy in the whole thing. I feel Think that. about it. Yeah. Okay. Hold yeah. on. Because he influenced Danny to he, do everything that he did. Ah, oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah. He used Danny to to take down that dojo. The Cobra. He Kai made dojo. he made Danny wax on. He made Danny wax off. You know what? That's a new. Fu- <laughs> you know what? Yes, one hundred percent. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Do you like Harry Potter? <laughs> you like Harry Potter? Uh yeah, I got it. I got into Harry Potter okay, a little good. bit. We can be friends. Uh, I'm alright with that. All right. Yeah, I'm a Gryffindor. I took the thing. My uh, my Patronus is a, a dolphin. Oh my which... my Patronus is a is a it's a bass. Um, okay. Yeah, I I've done a I I think I've done that test at least twice to make sure I was a Gryffindor because I thought it was a Slytherin. Uh-huh. You don't even know what I, yo Red is just sitting here like we're fucking crazy. What, what do you got to say, Red? It's like wands. What? What a, what's a wand? I've never seen any of this shit. You've never watched Harry Potter? Never seen it. Get the fuck out. You gotta. You yeah, gotta. You gotta. So Jesus. my yeah, my ex, my ex fiance, fucking cunt. But uh, her, <laughs> oh. she was, she's a hardcore Harry Potter fan, and she was like, she made me. She was like, we're gonna watch one movie every night for the next seven nights, and like on the second night, I was like, can we just. Can we just put the next one in? We, it's really good. It's like, yeah. <laughs> let me let me ask you something. Um, so this is a question I always ask every guest. Um, have you ever attempted or um thought about committing suicide? I have attempted, and uh, the thoughts come back. I've attempted a few times, actually. Yeah. You mind? So. Do, do you think it was it be triggering for you, or could you talk about that? No, I th- uh, yeah, I talk about this a lot. Um, I do. I go to well, I used to go to MVP. Emerging Vets and Players, which is like uh, founded by Nate Boyer, who he played for the Seahawks as well as he was a special forces guy, and he he stood up a lot of these MVPs around the country. Where he gets, uh, he found that the transition process between the uh, veterans and athletes are like similar yes. because like we're part of a team, and then like we're when you're transitioning out of that team, it, 
the transition process is hard for all of us. So he brings us together. We do a workout. At the end of the workout, we all take the take the mat, shoes off, no socks, and just like express what we're going through and shit. And this comes up a lot, um, obviously. But yeah, dude, like uh, I had a buddy kill himself um, who was in the military, a close friend of mine. And I was angry. I was angry with him for a long time because I'd always saw it as like the coward's way out, right? Yeah. Um, until I went through some st- some stuff after the um, the whole reason why I got out is a E one. Yeah, I don't really want to get into that right now, but that's right. But uh, yeah, dude. Like I had, like I honestly have more PTSD from going through this thing, and it was a stateside thing um, than I do from my second deployment. Which I mean, I have probably parallel ptsds from for both of them but when i was going through that i i wanted i wanted to end my life dude um and then even getting out of the military there's been a been more than one occasion where i sat in the tub and with a with a razor blade in my to my wrist and shit but ended up not doing it but also the first time i i wanted to end my life and um i finally understood the mindset that my, my, my friend who, who committed suicide was in. It's like, there's a lot of organizations out, out here that, yeah, they want to end veteran suicide. But if you've been in that mindset, you know, they're like the only, sometimes the only person that can pull you out of it is yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm a strong believer of that because if you're in that mindset and you don't reach out, then you're really, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of my buddies we have, and I, I, I've thought about like, I don't know how to do this. I would need a lot of money to do it. I had this idea for an app that I even told MVP about, um, that because my buddies have that, we have this group chat, right. Uh, in our phones and we'll like talk to one another. And but we have this deal too, because we've had so many people who've committed suicide, like, obviously nobody wants to dial that 1-800 number because yeah. i ha- actually have and it's just like they're reading from a script they really don't have any there's no compassion it's, relatability it's trash. you know yeah 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 there are probably some people that are good at it but it's like a lot of them are just reading from a script and it's like fuck these guys i don't know what the fuck they're talking about so our deal is we have 11 people in our in our group and i think it's grown to like 14 or something um start calling as an alpha roster each individual each individual person and if nobody p- picks up then call the 1-800 number or start from start from the top again i would want to make an app that you press one you, you could load these numbers in. you press one button it simultaneously calls all of them whoever picks up first um and obviously if it's coming from the app like it's an al- more of an alert one not just a regular phone call so that everyone knows and is on the same page that, oh, okay, this is, this is serious. Let's pick up. I need it. So one person can pick up more, more than one person can pick up. If you're not the first person to pick up, you can do a, a tag in, like raise a, raise a hand and maybe do a high five tag, but you can listen in on what the person's going through or like what he's talking about. It automatically alerts um, the, the police to send a, a welfare check Um is what could because it'll be like connected to the GPS and stuff like and sometimes, that. I think that would, yeah, because in that scenario, you don't know what that person's doing. So, a welfare check is the most right. important. So, right. I, I'm going, I this is something that I really would like to be involved with. And the reason why is because I got a buddy, he um, he has a nonprofit called Storytime where he gathers veterans together and he all, all he's doing is 
basically asking other veterans to call your buddies. It's basically a big giant buddy check, right? Yeah. I would love to link you two together. Um, if you if you wouldn't mind, especially about that app specifically, because this is what he does. And mm-hmm. if you guys need an investor, um, I'm gonna give you guys an IOU because I have no money, but I want to be involved. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. But I want to get you guys linked up because that is a fucking phenomenal idea. Um, yeah. It, it, you ever seen The Office? Uh, no. I, yeah. All I've right. only seen like clips here and there, but. All right. So what I need you to do is when you get the chance, right? Type um wolf right the office and then right wolf right it's basically like an alert system that's how it hits you up on everything right oh text mm-hmm. text email whatever but that's such a good idea as an emergency ro- like call roster that can yeah. help oh my god you that is exactly what i think we need mm-hmm. um, yeah i think i think that would help a lot do you and know any like app you- developers um no uh, i have, I, I, mean- ha- I know about 12 um so I'm gonna I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is uh, yeah I've I've like blasted this idea I think on my Facebook a while back like a few a couple of years ago and I got a, a lot of people that were interested and like but they all obviously wanted like money up front and it's like yeah I, I mean I get it like you, you got to get paid I'm, trust me I get it you got to get uh, paid I got we're, we're doing our sketches and like <laughs> Drew and I are wearing like eighty different hats and fucking we're like editing and freaking doing color correction and sound design all by ourselves and uh, on top of like producing and finding people and and prop design and prop making and dress uh set dress you know it's like i get, I get people want to get paid um 100 so um i actually so we, weirdly enough so because i i i learned a lot when i was a, gr- a kid growing up in new york right and a, one of the things that i learned is that a favor is more important than money um mm-hmm. and i have a few people that owe me a lot of favors um so I'm definitely willing to call in a few of these favors to make something like this happen. Um, That'd be dope, man. So g- give me, give me, give me like a month because I have to communicate with a lot, of, a couple different people. But this is something that I'm very interested in. This is something that I'm definitely willing to get more people involved in. If that's something that you would like, yeah. um, to kind of create this type of app because this is, yeah. this is phenomenal. That yeah. is a wonderful idea. And if what you can do, honestly, if you have like a little breakdown of how it should go. I can mm-hmm. get my buddy. I'm gonna see if I can get a buddy to kind of create a, um, a little alpha version of it. Um, because I mean, well, it'll be a beta technically, but not really. It'll be an alpha version. It'll still be in alpha stages, but we can do a little alpha and see if we can kind of simulate what you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be fucking. That'd be awesome, man. I'm I'm very excited. Um, hey, look. So this episode, you know, we're at the end of the episode. Is there anything that you want to give to younger soldiers, younger leaders? Um, that are coming up in the military now that's dealing with their personal mental health or just in general? Um, I went on a hike today and I was like, I, I, I've been depressed uh, lately too, but the when I went on the hike today, something kind of came to mind. And it was like, um, if you if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, then maybe you should stop looking down. I love that. Um, yeah, because like it's easy, it's easy for us to like, to, to fall into like negative thoughts, I feel like, but also, um, you have to like, you have to give negative thoughts their space and respect because if you don't, a lot of people will try to like come up with different tasks to do to, to like, uh, distract themselves from these negative thoughts, which is fine up until a point because the longer you do that, the more you're just bottling these feelings and bottling these, these negative thoughts. And if you don't give them the time that they deserve and grieve um, the way you should, then 
they'll demand that time for you. They'll take that time from you. And that's when you get depressed. And that's when you have suicidal ideologies. And that's when you're, you find yourself in, in a tub with a razor to your, to your wrist or, or a gun to your head or, or a, uh, heaven forbid, a, a rope to your neck. Look, brother, I mean, first thing, first and foremost, before we end this episode, I want to say thank you for sharing your your story and sharing, just just opening up. This is what this is what veterans need to be doing. This is what service members need to be doing. Just communicate and talking about it, because I know for me, um, when when I started this podcast, it was just about talking, you know, and eventually things started feeling a little bit better because more and more people felt the same way that I did, and mm-hmm. I know for a fact your story is going to help a lot of people. And thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, when is this? Uh, when will this air? With, will be before before Veterans Day. Do you want it to air before Veterans Day? Well, it, it should. We'll be in Fort Bragg in Fayetteville at the Crown Theater on the twelfth of November, doing a live a live stage show. We have our our sketches like formatted into a five act play. It's like a one act. In between the acts, we're going to have Tom Tran, who is a um, he's an Army veteran. He's got a Purple Heart, but he does stand up comedy. Uh, we're Aston Muse is going to be there. Uh, Tommy 5K, uh, who has been in a lot of Drew's videos in the past, who plays the, the I, Spanish can I get sergeant. A, can I get a, a backstage pass? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> seven. So seven <laughs> principles is the one who is uh, who is who's funding everything. Yeah, and there there are VIP tickets available. They're a little bit more expensive on the higher end, but um, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram on Juston RG. My name is spelled with an O, not an I. J U S T O N. And then RG, um, it's also on Drew's uh, Instagram page. I think the link link is there as well. No doubt. Um, How, so come we'll, out, man! Like, yeah. What we'll do is uh, get just uh, I'll have you fill out a contact sheet, obviously, so that we can get all your information. I'll make sure that this episode is posted right beforehand. Um, and if you guys are listening now, please uh, check out go go to this event. Um, if not, what you guys can do, right? I know the Crown Theater has this real weird opening. If you go inside through the back, you can get in and watch it for free. All right, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm saying you can. All right. Um, but I'm I'm gonna make sure that I'm outside um, when you guys are coming out, real all famous like and like. And I'm gonna be like Stan. And if you guys don't li- write my letters back, I'm gonna fuck you guys this shit up. All right. Sweet. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'll sign your I'll sign your your ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. My name is Josh Marie, and I like to say I am signing out of extra duty. I'm signing out of extra duty too, Justin Graber. I've only had it uh, twice in my career, and one arrest. <laughs> I don't think I was ever arrested. Actually, I don't, Does I just went to court martial. Okay. I don't know. No, I, don't. I went to jail. Well, yeah, I guess they arrested me to take me to jail. So, so yeah. So you're signing out of jail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'll sign out extra duty. (laughs) Y'all have a wonderful night.